Yeah. Everybody turn and shake hands with somebody you do not know. Meet somebody new.
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. God, we lift you up. We worship the name of Jesus, but Jesus, we make you ours. We thank you for your presence here now. We thank you, Lord, that you have been moving among us, that our hearts are being changed, that we're moving closer to you. And so, Father, I pray that each one of us would have a heart open and receptive to your word tonight. Thank you so much for Pastor John being here, Lord, and we pray that you will speak through him to us, Lord. And we're going to give you all the honor and all the glory and all the praise for everything that happens here tonight. It's in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Well, good evening. Glad you're here tonight. No sissies out there tonight, is it? Everybody come on in the ice and all, huh? Y'all brave. It's really bad out there right now. I just want you to know. I don't know how you'll get home. <laughs> just kidding. Hey, guys, I am glad you're here for our, uh, this is our fourth uh, service in, uh, in first week, you know, and all about putting God first in our lives is what this is all about, starting the new year out, putting Jesus first in our lives. And I just think we've had an incredible weekend, but I couldn't be more excited than I am about tonight. Um, but before I tell you that, I introduce our speaker, I want to tell you, just remind you of our all-church meeting that's coming up on January 17th. And we hope that all of you that are here tonight will be here for that. Uh, and uh, we just have some important stuff we want to talk about. And so we hope that you'll come out and be a part of that night. Okay? Okay? Okay. All right. You know, I'm really, I'm really kind of ticked off at you guys. So Sam will say, yank, 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 and y'all go, yank, 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 yank. I say, you know, and I say something, it's like, huh? <laughs> anyway, John, we are glad to have you here tonight. Pastor John Wagler from... Hill City Church in Richmond. Um, I've been to his church several times. That's where our grandson Christian goes to church, and that's how I met John. I got to tell you, he has got an incredible ministry going in Richmond. Every time I go there, it almost overwhelms me, the number of young people that walk through those doors every weekend, and uh, they worship and praise God, and it's just an exciting, exciting church. And every time I go there, he challenges me spiritually. And so Gay and I had the conversation, and I just wanted him to come and challenge us spiritually. The great thing about him that I've learned about him is his great, great spirit. John, welcome to Salem Fields. Come on up. Let's make him feel really, really welcome. I was thinking about uh, a story when I was just a young kid. Uh, I have a vivid memory. I grew up in church and spent about nine, ten years away from the Lord, and, and a pretty aggressively so. But I grew up in church, and uh, you know, growing up in church, especially in a smaller hometown, uh, the best people in the church are the grandmothers. And uh, you know why? Because they always, yeah, yeah, they always have tissues, hard candy. And like change for you if you're a little kid, right? And so whenever you uh, did things in our church, you know, you'd always look to do things for the grandmoms. And so I remember this one time, uh, there was this one grandmother, her name was Edna, and uh, I helped her out do something. She turned around, she gave me a dollar bill. I was so excited, and I was a pudgy little kid. And so I, would, I ran up to my mom, and I went and showed her, and I said, look, Mom, uh, look what Edna gave me. And so my, I showed her the dollar bill, and my mom took the dollar bill out of my hands, gave me 90 cents, and she goes, go put a dime in the offering. And I'm just like, how could you, out of my cold, chubby fingers, how could you take that from me? 
And uh, here's what my mom was trying to do. She was trying to instill in me uh, a heart of generosity at a really young age. And even when I took time away from Jesus, uh, that was still inside of me. Whenever I would go to church, I'd still give. And uh, it became a, a part of me that was cultivated by my mom and her heart. And I got to see that in her. And even though I didn't like recognize it as a young kid, now looking back and thinking about, uh, in particular, when she was a single mom with three boys and scraping two pennies together for us, uh, to see her con consistently be a generous person time and time again, uh, not only with her money, but with her time and with her talent as well. But when it comes to generosity, it's incredibly challenging for us because we're faced in a culture that's such a huge consumer mindset, right? And so generosity, though, is a big deal because uh, generosity is at the core of Christianity. So if you're here tonight and you call yourself a Christian or a follower of Jesus or however you want to frame it, uh, the reality is, is generosity should be at the core of who you are. And you can't escape it. It's not an option. It's not like, ah, I don't know, we'll see if I'll be generous. It's we're generous. Like, that's what God told us to do. And, and you know, even you think about it this way, if you had one word to describe Christianity, uh, and Jesus actually said this in John 13, so I'm giving you a little bit of a clue, but uh, he, he gave this one word to describe if you're a follower of Jesus. On the count of three, I, got, I just want you guys to say the word. You ready? Whatever you think it is, it's fine if you're wrong. But one, two, three. Love. Right, yeah. Some of you guys hesitate a little bit, like, love, right? Yeah, is love, right? But then John 3, 16, which is the most famous verse that we have. Well, maybe now Matthew 7, 1, judge not. But John 3, 16 is, is like the most famous verse in Christianity, which is what? For God so loved that he what? Gave. gave. So if we're supposed to be defined by love, then we have no option than to be givers. Right? If it, it's... Here's just the reality. The, the joy of generosity is really there because it's close to the heart of God. That, that's, that's why it's there. That's why when you're generous, like, you don't wake up in the morning and think to yourself, man, I really hope I'm surrounded by selfish people today. Like, that's not our prayer, right? It's like there's something so attractive to people who are generous. Uh, and, and, and again, this means more than just money, though money's a part of it, but it's, it's more than that. Like, if, you're, if you have a husband or a wife or a friend and they're generous, you want to be around them. So can you imagine if at the heart of every Christian was this overwhelming sense in accepting the challenge of being a generous person? Here's what that would mean people would want to be around us. The question is, is that actually the case? Or do when people see a Christian or you say you're a Christian and they're saying, oh gosh, not again. But when we're, when we're really generous and, and you want to be around people like that, why? Because you know that they love you. Because you know that the core of who they are is, is, is this idea of, man, if God, if God loved us so much that he gave, then, then if I love people and I love God like I say that I do, then guess what I do? I give. And I'm generous. And so, uh, you know, but here's just the reality. We're in a consumeristic mindset, and I was just doing a little bit of research. I just want you guys to hear just what's happened in our country uh, right now. The average size of an American home has nearly tripled uh, over the past 50 years. And still, one out of every 10 Americans rent off-site storage, which is the fastest-growing segment of commercial real estate industry over the past four decades. If you own off-site storage, I'm sorry. Um, the United States has upward of 50,000 storage facilities, more than five times the number of Starbucks. 
Currently, there's 7.3 square feet of self-storage uh, of space for every man, woman, and child in the nation. Get this. Thus, it is physically possible that every American could stand all at the same, all at the same time under, under the total canopy of self-storage roofing. The average American throws away about 65 pounds of clothing a year. Um, Americans donate 1.9% of their income to charitable causes, uh, while 6 billion people worldwide live on less than $13,000 a year. Uh, religion, religious Americans uh, definitely do give more. Uh, just for some perspective, uh, 1968, uh, if you consider yourself a religious, uh, the average is about 5.9%. Uh, 1985, 4.7%. Uh, 2014, 3.2%. Uh, the last one that I heard uh, recently was uh, we're at 2.5%. So it's actually trending down. Get this. In the Great Depression, if you consider yourself a Christian, they gave 3.3%. So, so do you see why sometimes the message can get a little skewed when we say, we love Jesus, but we don't give? And when someone says, but... It's for God so loved the world that he gave. Aren't we supposed to be generous? And so when it's not there in a heart of generosity, you can see why the message of Christianity gets a little muddied. You can see why people aren't drawn to it like we want them to be or like we say we want them to be. And so then it starts, you know, kind of cultivating something in us. And now, and this isn't about things, right? Like, you can own nice things. So I don't want you to, if you go out in the parking lot today and you drove a nice car in here, I don't want you to, like, pretend like you're opening up someone else's car before you, you go in there. It's okay to have nice things. It really is. Like, you can have a nice home. You can have a nice car. You can wear nice clothes. It's, it's not about things. It's, it's about our hearts, it's about, uh, I was talking to my, my friend here recently who, um, he was telling me about his dad, and he goes, oh, gosh, he just loves money. And, uh, and he goes, that's the problem with everything. I, it is, right? He's got a lot of it. Because like, sometimes we think it's not money that's the problem, it's the love of it. And you guys know that if you grew up in church. But, um, but, but he was saying this. He goes, oh, he's like, now, he goes, my dad's out. He's like looking for a yacht. And I just, I don't know. And I just told him, I was like, hey, listen. Your dad getting a yacht is like me getting a 2009 used Honda Accord. Like, it's, in the scheme of things, maybe it's a little much, but no one's going to say anything about me getting an Accord, right? And I was like, so have some perspective. It's okay to have nice things. And so he's like, okay, okay, okay. And his dad's a pretty generous guy as well. But it's important for us to understand uh, that, that this, this joy that we can have in generosity, and how do we respond? Like if, if, you get a, if you walk into work tomorrow morning and your boss says, you got a 10% raise today. I'm assuming everyone would be pretty stoked on that, right? And so, so if that happened, where does your mind go first? What can I buy? What do I have to pay off because of the debt I have? Or does it go towards, man, I wonder what we can do to this to help somebody else? See, that's where I think we kind of miss out on this, the joy of generosity because the reality is, is generosity is a heart issue. And I think to some degree, uh, we're, we're like, we have uh, nine-year-old twins, uh, boy, girl, Max and Nevaeh, and then we have a four-month-old uh, who, yes, was a huge surprise. And so we, um, we uh, she's great, though. We, love, we, we now love that she's here. It was a little tough. 
it was the first four months were a little difficult, but um, now that she's here, it's awesome. But uh, my son Max, and I've told this story at our church uh, a couple of months ago, and uh, I feel like this can define us a little bit as Christians. My son Max was in the back of the car. Uh, this was probably eight months or, or maybe even a year ago now, and I look back, and he's just going like this. He's just praying. He's got his head down, and he's got this money. I can see the money kind of coming out of his hand, and I go, I go, Max, what are you, what are you doing with that, bud? And uh, he goes, I'm just praying. I'm, I'm trying to see what God wants me to do with the money. Should I keep it, or should I, I give it away and help somebody? And I was like, I look at my wife, Lacey. I was like, I mean, we are doing really well as parents. <laughs> like, this is, we should write a book or something about generous kids. And, and so we're just like kind of basking in the glow of our glory. And, um, and so he's He's just praying. He goes, ah, oh, I got it. And we're like, oh, what are you going to do? And he goes, I'm going to keep it. And I was like, <laughs> so I was like, Lace, we might not be as good as we think we are. But I don't know that we're that different as adults, right? I don't, I don't know that we're that different. It's the challenge of the heart issue for us when it actually comes down to generosity. You know, think about it this way. If you were coming in here tonight and I stood outside the door and I had a camera guy with me and I just said, hey, we're just going to use this for a sermon and I've got a question for you. Uh, what if everyone was as generous as you are? What if everybody was? I mean, everybody was exactly as generous as you are, what would this world look like? Would, it, would all of a sudden, like, man, all these needs would be being met. The world would change so dramatically because of how generous you are. Uh, man, neighborhoods would change. Schools would change. I mean, all around us, things would just dramatically be so different. Or would it actually be worse? It's, a, it's kind of a gut-wrenching question, isn't it? To kind of process that and say, well, man, if everyone was as generous as I am, ugh, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know if I want to dive in there. But here's the thing. If, if we're Christians, we've got to ask ourselves that question. Because if God so loved that he gave, and that's part of our responsibility then we have to ask ourselves that question because that's a part of our witness. That's a part of us testifying to who Jesus really is. Uh, did you know that people get a glimpse of who Jesus is through our generosity or lack thereof? Right? So it's this massive challenge that we've just got to wrestle with and say, I don't know. I don't know. And so if you're new to the faith and you're kind of just discovering everything about Jesus, and you just, I'll say this, I'll let you off the hook a little bit, all right? That it's a process. Some of this is a process, and you're kind of just getting into it. But we do, we do need to kind of grab hold to the heart of everything. That at the heart of who God is and at the heart of who we are supposed to be as a movement is this idea of generosity. And one of my favorite passages is out of 1 Thessalonians 2, uh, verses 4 through 8. It says this, uh, and if you, so let me just explain. Paul, Paul is writing to this church at Thessalonica, and they've been, they haven't been Christians for very long. And so Paul was a guy who would go into all these cities, and he would share the love of Jesus and who Jesus was, and he would watch folks commit their lives to them. And he would spend time with them and try to teach them, and he would write these letters back to the churches. And so this is one of the churches that he was uh, on board with and had spent some time with. And he writes this letter back to them because they had some questions, and they wanted to, to learn a little bit more about what it looked like to actually follow Jesus. And so he writes this. He says, For we speak 
speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our heart, and never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you well know. And God, and, and God is our witness that we are not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. As for human praise, we have never sought it out from, from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we had a right to make some demands of you, but instead, we were like children uh, among you, or we were like the mother feeding and caring for her own children." I love this verse. This is actually our church's theme verse. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. And so Paul establishes this as the heart of who they are, as leaders of uh, this, this Jesus movement, and as they began to witness and testify to the love of Christ. And so I wanted to point out just a few things uh, that Paul is, is referencing when he talks about what generosity looks like and a challenge maybe for you uh, as it is for me. And the first thing is this, that generosity or generous people understand purpose. Gener generous people understand purpose. You know, in verse uh, four, Paul says, our purpose is to please God, not people. Our purpose is to please God, not people. But when we live in a consumeristic mindset, we're trying to please people. And often that person is first us, right? But then we play the game with um, trying to keep up with our neighbors, right? Keeping up with the Joneses. And, and let me just say this, right? Because this is the truth. We're supposed to love God and love people, right? We're supposed to love our neighbors. Well, we can't love our neighbors if we're always trying to outdo them, right? And so... The, the truth is, is like if we really want to love our neighbors, then we're generous. We, we, we're generous towards our, our neighbors. We're open and we're, we're trying to build relationships with our neighbors and trying to see what happens with our neighbors. And so, but generous people understand our purpose and our purpose is to please God. A good question we can ask ourselves is this. Would, would people get a glimpse of Jesus by how generous you are? Sometimes when I write questions like this, they're really geared towards myself, and then I just like to share them with other people, sometimes in my misery. But, but when I think about this idea of uh, when people, if they were to pull your bank statement, like this, you know, what's interesting about generosity is like it's not, it's tangible, right? This isn't some mystical thing. Some stuff in, the, in faith with all this is like there's some mystical elements. Uh, but when it comes to generosity, it's tangible. Y you can literally go home and check your bank accounts and see where it goes. And so, so would people get a glimpse of Jesus by, by where, uh, how, we use, how we share money? Or how about if you look at your calendar, how you share your time, how you serve others, your talents, whatever those talents or skills that you have, and how do you use those to, to be generous towards other people? Would people get a glimpse of Jesus uh, through that, and would your heart be there? You know, I was... Uh, I remember reading in a magazine back in, I think it was 2016, that uh, if Christians gave 10%, just, we're just taking that number because that's what's considered the tithe. If Christians gave, gave 10%, if all the Christians in America gave 10%, uh, do you know we'd cure world hunger tomorrow? The water and sanitation issue in the world would be gone tomorrow. Uh, we would be able to cure uh, illiteracy in, in like two or three years. Uh, we'd be able to fund uh, all the overseas missions and then still have about 100 to $120 billion left over. So, so, so this is what I mean by, by, by our purpose is that when we're trying to see, man, people are like, where are the Christians when stuff's gone bad? 
Well, where is God when, when, like, where? I've even heard people say this, right? And maybe you have too. If God's so loving, why is there world hunger? Why are people starving? And the answer isn't God. The answer is because Christians aren't as generous as they should be. That might sound a little rough, and that's okay. I get to leave after this. I don't stay around. But like, but, but isn't that the truth? I mean, it is. I mean, tomorrow. Can you imagine if that happened, right? What would people have to say? Gosh, I got to get on board with that. That helps people. That loves people. That's curing these ills that we see around us. Sure, there are things we can't explain. When natural disasters happen, like there are things we can't explain. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of things we can. And it goes, it goes hand in hand with the generosity of Christians and what that actually looks like. Uh, the second thing is generous people are genuine. Generous people are genuine. Uh, verse 5, Paul says this. He says, uh, it's not about flattery. We, we didn't try to, to just flatter you guys at all. Like that, That's not what we're doing. It's from the heart that we wanted to, to, to share what we have. We wanted you guys to be a part of our lives. We wanted you to, we wanted you to welcome in. And I know this is a, that's a hard thing to do because guess what you have to do in those moments? You have to be vulnerable with other people. You've got to be, you got to let people see who you really are. And I know a lot of times we don't want to do that because it feels a lot better to, to just keep that, that veneer up. But when we're really genuine with people, you got to let them see what's actually going on. You got to let them see um, what's, what's, what's actually a part of your life. And you got to be able to say things like, like I'm struggling here, but I, I just want to be a part of this journey with you. You know, you got to be honest uh, when you don't know uh, the, the answer to a question, right? When you let people in, sometimes it's a little scary because you're like, I want to I share my faith with them. I want to show them the love of Christ. And then all of a sudden they ask you a question and you don't know what to do. You don't know the answer. And so instead we don't say anything. We back off because we're scared of those moments, right? Well, let me just tell you what to do when you don't know the answer to the question. Here's what you can do. Someone says, hey, hey, what's this? Whatever that question is, you know how you respond when you don't know? You just say this. I don't know. <laughs> but I love you, and I want to figure this out with you, and let's research this together, right? That's what genuine people do. And so generous people that are genuine begin to say, you know what? I don't have this all figured out. I don't have all my ducks in order like I wish I did. But hey, I want to be on this journey with you because I want you to see this, and maybe you can sharpen me a little bit uh, along the way as well. You know, if we aren't clear, because just, here's just the reality about the genuine piece, is uh, we need self-awareness, right? That's what the Bible talks about all the time, is, is self-awareness. Romans 12, uh, 2 and 3, it's all about self-awareness. It's about, you know, don't, don't think of yourself better than you ought to, right? Because the, what happens there, then you start, you get off track. You're not genuine there. You're trying to be something else. And so, so this idea of kind of making sure we're self-aware, we're honest with ourselves, uh, because here's just the, the truth about um, our, our own awareness. If we aren't clear, if we don't have any clarity there, if we aren't clear on who we are, then we'll never be able to discover who God actually wants us to be. Like, it's just, we, we've got to be honest with ourselves. So even if you're sitting here right now and you're thinking, man, I feel like hiding because I'm not generous and I have never been generous and I love Jesus, but I just, I, and that's, 
been a part of just never, I've avoided, I've skillfully avoided it. I would just say this, just be genuine about it. Because I believe that God wants to change that part of you. And here's what will happen when he does. He'll change the way you think. And then this is what Romans 12, 2 says. Then you discover God's will for your life. But we can't get there unless we're actually self-aware and genuine. The third thing uh, that we see is that generous people love transformation. Generous people uh, love transformation. You know, when you think about when you have money, um, what do you want to see happen with it? Do you want to see um, just your own life transformed, or do you want to see other people's life transformed? When we planted the church in 2014, leading up to it, Richmond's got an interesting culture, uh, church culture. Maybe this is everywhere. I don't know. It's pretty competitive in Richmond. I had one pastor say this to me as I was meeting him. Uh, he, he said, you're not welcome at the seat of the, of the table with us other city pastors because I was just because we were starting a new church just a few miles away from him. And, uh, and, and that was actually before our, our meal even came, so it was a pretty awkward lunch after that. But, um, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't have any, we, we raised all of our own money. Uh, I, we, my wife and I, we emptied out our entire 401k to, to start the church, and, um, and then we, we went around and tried raising money. We didn't have other churches supporting us or anything like that. And, and as we met with other pastors and everything, I realized how sad that is, isn't it? that other churches don't support other churches and it's always a competitive thing and it's like if you're, if you're, you're either for the kingdom or you're not. Amen. And so, uh, it, so here's what we just decided to do as a church and we started this from day one and, and so there's been multiple church plants in Richmond since we started and so every time we meet the people from that, that church, we, we give them money and we've given away thousands of dollars to churches that some of them are pretty close to us and, and why? Because if we want to say we want to see people transformed into the kingdom of God, then we've got to back it up, right? And so then, it, but it also, it's, it can be corporately as a church, right? But then it can, it's got to also be individually. We've got to have that kind of heart. I remember uh, someone asking me uh, this question, and I think they got it from somewhere else, so I don't think they're smart enough to come up with this. But like they're, they, they said this, they said, um, do you think you can do more with 100% than God can do with 90 And, and I was like, well, of course not. You know, God, God can do anything. God can do, give him 0.1% of it, right? And it's, so, so even thinking about that, it, it kind of, here's what the problem is. It kind of reveals something in us, doesn't it? Um, it kind of reveals, like, maybe we've got to start questioning who our God really is. It's something we've got to wrestle with. And, and figuring that part out. Like, do we really want to see transformation around us? Do we really want to see transformation in us? Well, then I think some things have to, to happen. Like, God won't be first in our life until he's first with our money. Um, when you get paid, however, whenever that is, um, it's got to be first with our money. Because, I mean, it's from Talladega Nights, but if he's not first, he'll probably be last, right? And so, so like, there's, there, the, the, the idea is that he's got to be first with our money. If he's not, I, I mean, I promise you, he won't be first in your life. And, and, and you'll miss out on it. 
And again, this isn't like, he, like these guys didn't ask me to come up here and be like, hey, we want to build a new wing, so will you come and kind of punch at people a little bit, right? This is not about that <laughs> at all. It's just, if you really want to experience transformation, and I, and I know this in, in my own life and how my wife and I handle our finances and everything, every January we sit down and we say, hey, we're going to take another step up. Every year, we, we have made a commitment in our marriage that every year we give a, a larger percentage. So we've married for 17 years coming this June, and so every year we're doing a, a larger percentage. And we have an internal goal of what we want to get to someday. But you know what? In some years have been hard. Like when we emptied our 401k and started this church, it was hard. But you know what? We stayed committed to it. And let me tell you, God has blessed that. More, way more than we could have imagined. And so uh, I promise you that that transformation happens um, in us. I, here's just kind of two things with that. Um, have a plan. Here's two kind of ideas with uh, generosity. Have a plan. You, you will never be generous by mistake. You, you'll never get to the end and you're doing your taxes and you'll be like, oh, man. Who knew I gave away that much money this year, right? Like, that's not a thing. Like, you've got to have pl a plan to be generous. Um, Isaiah 32.8 uh, says this. The, you guys don't have this. I was just thinking about it on the way up here. But it says this. Generous people plan to do what is generous. They stand firm in the generosity. And so uh, you need a plan in place to be generous. And, and you might, if you're starting from scratch, you might be thinking to yourself, man, I am in debt over my head. I don't know how this is going to work. You can start small and build from there. You can. Because here's what I know about generous people. They always want to keep being more generous. It never stops, ever. I watch my parents now, and, you know, my mom, again, we, we were pretty poor growing up. And uh, she tells stories about being at the grocery store trying to get uh, cereal and bread and literally praying over her purse in hopes to find a little extra change at the bottom, okay? So we were pretty poor growing up. And now my, my parents um, did really well as they got older by the time, uh, you know, I was late or around 94, 95, as I was heading into college, like they started doing pretty well. And, uh, but you know what? Generosity was, was a part of their very being. And so when they started doing well, guess what they did? They are crazy generous. Like sometimes they're like, what my parents do, I'm like, even what they do for us, I'm like, mom, you gotta stop. Maybe not, but like, mom, like, it's not, like I can't believe you just did that, you know? And, but like, it's unbelievable. But you know why? Because when they, they were faithful with a little, and when they got more, the heart's there, because it's a heart thing. And they've seen this transformation in their life. So you got to have a plan. The second thing with it is you got to see it as worship. You got to see it as worship. When I say the word worship, the first thing that probably comes to your mind is what? Singing, right? We even describe it that way, which uh, we stopped doing that as a church. Um, only because we just, we, we always just say, hey, we're going to stand and sing because that's what we're going to do. It is a form of worship. And if you're a Christian, you know that. But like, I, I also don't want to say that's the only way to worship. Like, I want people to understand, hey, when we give, it's, it's worship. When, when you meet people during your time to, to talk, that's worship. That's community. When you serve others, that's worship. When you pray, that's worship, right? And so, so we got to see giving as worship. 
Uh, what we possess uh, comes with responsibility and is a test of our character. I just want to quickly read 2 Corinthians 9, 10 through 15 to you guys. Because I think this is just an amazing passage that Paul writes. He says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources and produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those in need, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express thanks to God. So get that? The transformation of community happens and transformation of their hearts happen. And he says, as a result of mission, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Now, I'm not going to do this to you guys, but if Paul were speaking right now and he went around you each individually and said, are you generous? And you said no, and he would say this, then that does not prove you're a follower of Jesus. I'm not going to do that. That's what Paul would do, okay? He says, and they will pray with deep affection because of the overflowing grace. So get, see what happened there too? It transformed people's hearts towards you. Transformed people's hearts towards the followers of Jesus. Why? Because they saw this generosity and it does something to people. Do you know it transforms your reputation when you're known as generous? It transforms your whole reputation. The last thing I want to say about um, generosity is that generous people reach others. Generous people uh, reach others because they're filled with grace and love and forgiveness. They're creating safe places for people to explore their faith. Uh, they're, they're allowing to, to create room um, for those that maybe are just kind of like, man, I'm just trying to figure this out. They're holding that generous people really want to reach others. Um, just by a show of hands, how many of you guys would like to see more people know Jesus? All right. So we're all on the same page, right? So here's what this means. We have to be willing to do anything for that to happen because that's what generous people do. So if, if Buddy and Gay got up here next week and they said, you know what? I think we can reach 100 more people if we scrapped this building, met in a parking lot with a tent. If, if you guys don't go like this, let's do it. And that should tell you that there's something wrong in here. If they got up here and said, I know one person that would come to know Jesus if we did that, we should be like, I'm in. Because that's what generous people do. When we think about, uh, you know, the church trend right now, um, you know, we were joking uh, on the way uh, walking in here. You know, we, we do reach millennials. Our church reaches millennials really well. Um, part of that's our location. Um, I think part of it's, too, just the feel and the culture we have in the church. And, and of course, it all is what God's doing. But, um, you know, kind of what's happening in churches a lot, you know, is, is churches that were reaching younger people at, at one point. Um, some of them have stopped reaching, and some of them actually died. And uh, you, you know what part of that is? Is they got too kind of into that consumer mindset. Some, sometimes there's other outlying factors like gentrification happens and people move and, you know, areas are different. There, there are a lot of factors, right? 
But sometimes it's as simple as, well, we never adjusted because guess what? We loved our hymns and we refused to change or we loved the way that looked and we didn't want to do, why did you put that paint color on the wall? You know, like we start worrying about all the wrong things and we just stop caring about reaching people. You know, one of the, the things, one of the postures of a generous person is being open-handed. And the beauty of being open-handed is this means a lot, doesn't it? I mean, if, if someone comes to you and, and you're looking towards someone, they're doing this to you, even if you're not a hugger, you know what's coming, right? <laughs> it's a welcoming thing. If, some, if you're walking towards someone and doing this to you, it's a different feel, right? But when they're like this, he, Sometimes, if you guys raise your hands in worship, what do you do? We do it like this, don't we? If you're really Christian, you do it like that. But like, if you, if you, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But if you, you, you do it like this, why is that? Because this is a posture of surrender, isn't it? Being open-handed. Well, generous people are open-handed with what they have. A band, you guys can come back up, and, and they're going to sing one last song, and. I just want to challenge you guys with um, a couple of things. The first thing is, would you do anything to, to reach more people for Jesus? Would you do anything? Second thing is, what's your next step? Everybody has one. There, whoever the most generous person is in this room has a next step, right? So what's your next step? Because if you can think about what your next step is, I just want to explain to you what that is. That's God speaking into your heart right now. And so then like God's always speaking. So it's just a question, are we, are we listening or not? And you know how we know if we're listening is if we actively respond. And so what's the next step? For you. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful of your love for us. Um, so grateful that at the core of the message is that you gave. And so that becomes a core component for, for every single person in this room. So God, no matter where we are in the spectrum of new believer to seasoned believer, whatever it is, the truth is, is that we all have a step to take. And in that step, we experience you on a different level. In that step, we begin to discover your will for us. In that step, we'll start seeing you um, use us in, in ways that we actually never would have experienced otherwise. And so, God, as you're doing some work in our hearts here, I just pray that not only will we listen, we will actively respond, that we'll come up with a plan, that we'll, that we'll want to be known for our generosity. And then watch you unleash just the power through that. Because we know that you can take that little seed, whatever that is, and grow it into something that we never knew was possible. 
So God, we just thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're trying to cultivate in us. And we uh, thank you for what's going to happen in the future as our hearts respond in this unbelievably generous way to see more people come to know you. And God, that we would believe that our generosity honestly has eternal consequences. And so, or as I should say, internal impact. So God, my prayer tonight as we end is that... um, this church would just be known for its overflowing of love and generosity this community and that people would begin to stream into this place with a renewed vigor because there's just something different there's something different going on in the impact and change that's happening in hearts and in the community here so we give you all the honor and praise in your name we pray everybody said amen Let's stand together.
sense his presence in a real and wonderful way. First of all, I want to say, John, I am so glad. He's in good hands. <laughs> Secondly, I know my next step. I'm thankful tonight to learn that. Okay. Wow. We're going to take an offering. <laughs> Set you up, didn't we? <laughs> well, I think we need to scrap this building and go get a tent somewhere. What yeah. do you think? <laughs> I'm with you on that. So we're not going to pass the buckets over, but the people will be in the back, and you can give, or you can give on the machines. It's just to help us pay for all this week. Man, what an incredible night. You know, Sam started us off great, great weekend, but I'm telling you, John, that was just, that was an incredible message. And I really, you were God sent. Thank you. So we're going to ask Jody to pray and then we're going to go, okay? <laughs> this is my third prayer of the day. It's getting wow. out of control, so. All right, let's pray together as we close out. Dear Jesus, we thank you for this awesome time together. We thank you for John and um, just his ministry that he's doing there in Richmond because it is a big city and there's lots of room for people just like him. And we just ask that you'll continue to use him and his church. Be with us and use us in this city where we're planted. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Great. Go in peace. Love you guys. I see the world in light, I see the world in wonder, I see the world in light, bursting in